Well, my job has been made really easy this morning. Um, probably got 15 minutes, <laughs> which is good. That might be all that I have. Uh, Antley is away. He's in Atlanta. He's uh, doing a, a wedding there, so he asked me to speak this week. And there are many themes that are, that are on my mind and in my heart, and I think the Lord is dealing with here with us at, at River City. And I want to go through them very, very briefly and very quickly. Number one, the discipline of gratitude. There's a bunch of men over here who will know exactly what I'm talking about. They are the SOBs. Guys, could you please stand up? Here's our SOB group. A slightly older bunch. Last time I was up here during the second service, I suddenly had a panic attack. And I realized afterwards what it was all about. It was because I felt suddenly all alone. And this time I'm not. For the last several weeks, I've been in a small group with the SOBs. We have prayed together. We have worshipped together. We've been reading a book called uh, Return of the Prodigal by Henry Nouwen. And we've been learning about the discipline of gratitude. Being able to say what we're thankful for. And I'm thankful for these men. They've been wonderful to me. And they've got my back here this morning. What can you be grateful for? That's one of the themes for this morning. The second theme from the same book is the discipline of trust. I have a few notes down here, but it's not what you think. I'm not reading this. I'm going to do something very different this morning than I'm used to as a preacher. I used to rehearse and get everything together. It would be so meticulous. I'd wear myself out with over-preparation. The discipline of trust. Trusting God that God will provide. And this morning, He will provide. He has already provided, hasn't He? Through the worship, through all the testimonies that we've heard, we could close our service right now and just thank the Lord. For He is so good. But I'm going to trust the Lord. I don't need notes. That I already know the gospel. I already know what the Lord wants to say to us this morning. And that brings me to my next things. Last week, Antley gave us this wonderful illustration of what it means to be connected to the source, to God the Father. And how very often we are not connected to the source or we lose connection. And remember what he did last week? He had uh, wires all coming from here, this plug, and he had a sword, didn't he? How many of you remember that if you were here? You're all here. And as he connected all these wires together, he was using the wrong cable. And when he went to plug in the saw and the saw was to go through the wood, there wasn't enough power in the saw to get through the wood. And I don't know whether you remember too, Paul. Paul used a great big theological word last week. It was called imputation. Remember that? Imputation. 
And what I want to do very briefly this morning is to bring together what Antley said about the power and the power of the gospel and our need to be connected to God's power and how that power comes through the imputation of Christ's righteousness. Are you with me so far? You see, it's not over yet. Next week, we're going to need a saw that can go straight through the wood because we're going to have a vacation Bible school. And you are all invited to become missionaries, not to stay within these four walls. And you don't have to go to Costa Rica. You can go to Hollybrook. And isn't it great to know that we have a pastor who can come in front of us and say that when his wife is sick and he is at home and he's having to look after four children and he realizes that suddenly as he's trying to love these children, he can't love very well because he's not connected to the power. Do you know that our pastor is the worst person in our congregation? But he's also the best person in our congregation because he realizes his need. He realizes his need for the gospel. And in those moments where we can't love or we have it, it's difficult to love, he reminds us last week, didn't he, of being connected. Being connected to the source. And that's what I want to remind us. It's a very simple job for me this morning. If you've got a conduit... How do you make, remember what Antley did? He, he brought out that huge cable, didn't he? How do you make the cable grow so you can experience more of the source of God's power and of God's love? Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 5. <clears throat> there are two basic needs of the human heart. One is for acceptance with God, a cleansing of our guilt that is due to sin. And the other is power. Power to be able to do what God asks of us, which is namely to love people. Do you have difficulty doing that? Hmm? We all do, don't we? That's a no-brainer. Romans 5. See, I am an SOB. (laughs) I need these now. Last year. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. In the book of Romans, the whole of Paul's argument, he writes this letter to the church in Rome. It would almost be like today, writing a letter to the church in Washington, D.C. It was the center of the Roman Empire, the center of all that is cultural. And in the church there, there was a problem. Because the church started in Rome in the synagogue. And there were probably lots of Jewish Christians who were still attached to the Jewish ways of doing things and were still getting used to their new freedom in Christ. But joining that synagogue and joining those Christians were Gentile Christians. And Paul's whole argument here in the book of Romans is to say to them, how can you guys live together? How will you work together? How will the power of God work through you if you show differences between one and another? Do you not know, Paul is saying, that there is only one people of God. There is only one people of God. The people of God here in Jacksonville, in Costa Rica, in England, where I come from, all over the world, there is only one people of God. And how are they one people of God? They are one people of God through the cross, the resurrection, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, and through faith in Him alone. End of sermon. Is that it? We're all convinced? (laughs) There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. They are all one in Christ Jesus. There is not white or black, rich or poor. Paul says, I will know nothing amongst you except the cross of Jesus Christ. How can a man be made right with God? Therefore, being justified through faith, we have peace with God. You want to know the power of River City Church? Do you want to know what makes this church tick? You've sung about it all morning long. It's grace. It's grace that we have received Through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to know what the power will be as a team from this church, and many of you as possible, if you would join them next week as you do the vacation Bible school, do you know how you will be able to love the people at Hollybrook? It's to not to be able to see them as different from you. They may even be, many of them, better than you. But what I want to leave you with this morning is, as we go and minister next week, let's remember something. Let's just remember the gospel. How were you when you were found, when the gospel found you? Look what Paul says to the people in Rome. 
He says, you see, just at the right time when we were still powerless, have you felt your powerlessness to love? Have you sensed your ungodliness? What else does he say? Very rarely will any man die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the power of the gospel. That's what energizes us as we minister both here and abroad and in Hollybrook. Do you believe that? Or do you? Punk? I had to get my Clint Eastwood in there just a little bit. I want to share with you another verse because it says, since we have been justified through faith, When you think of the conduit that carries the source of God's love and the demonstration of God's love in the blood of the Lord Jesus and in the cross and in the resurrection, what what constricts that flow? And in the whole of the Bible, there's only the main critique of the Bible is its unbelief. It's faith that increases the flow. Listen to these words of the writer of the book of Hebrews to a group of Christians. (coughs) It's Hebrews chapter 3. There's a great and solemn warning here against unbelief. So as the Holy Spirit says in verse 7, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert. Where your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation and said, Their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today 